Welcome back once again to Bell to Bell, the pro wrestling podcast where I break down everything that's happened in the past week of WWE. Uh, I'm, of course, Gareth, you're you. Once again, thank you for joining me. Um, we'll start, of course, with NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, really good show, this. Uh, the TakeOvers tend to be excellent, and this was no exception. Just uh, one, two, three, five. Yeah, five really, really great matches here. Good to great. Uh, let's start at the start, obviously, with Cassie Sono versus Lars Sullivan. Uh, this was probably the, I don't want to say the weakest match, because it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, just compared to the four matches that followed, it just wasn't quite at their level. But solid enough, decent opener, uh, Lars Sullivan picked up the win with the freak accident, which I quite like as a finisher, it's just a big sort of lifty side slam type thing. But yeah, no solid match, uh, big things ahead for Lars Sullivan, I think. Don't know if he'll be one... He seems like the sort of one that'll skip the NXT Championship and go straight to main, but that remains to be seen. Up next, and uh, this was probably match of the night, uh, Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream. This was just outstanding from start to finish. Just the story these two were telling was just spectacular, and the character work, as well as just the actual wrestling itself, was just all brilliant. Uh, uh, Velveteen Dream had Alistair Black's face airbrushed onto his tights. Shades of Rick Rude and Jake Roberts there. Uh, just everything here was it was just an absolute classic. It was a potential match of the year, um, which is just astounding. I know Alistair Black's obviously been around for a while on the independent scene, but like Velveteen Dream's only been wrestling for about three years. I think he's twenty two, and is already so good. Knows the Velveteen Dream character who he is clearly and just embodies that character constantly it's amazing to watch so ultimately uh, Oscar Black picked up the win with the Black Mass and then as he's sitting in the ring after Velveteen Dream's laid out beside him says enjoy infamy Velveteen Dream so while Oscar Black picked up the win in the match Velveteen Dream got what he wanted as well Oscar Black finally acknowledged him said his name so I guess the story being that during the match Dream sort of earned Black's respect and yeah, if we do get the Dusty Classic this year, which I don't know what's going on with that, because last year I think the final was during this takeover, the pre-Survivor Series takeover, so I don't know if they've just pushed it back or if it's not happening. But if there is a if there is a Dusty Tag Team Classic this year, I would expect Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream to be part of that. I know I've already predicted like five other teams for it, like uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and I would still expect them to be in it, but no announcement as of yet regarding the Dusty Classic, so... But yeah, absolutely match of the night, probably the match of, well not even probably, definitely the match of the whole Survivor Series weekend, match of the week, I don't think there's anything on any of the following weeks worth of television that outdid it in the WWE. But uh, on to the next match, another great match, this was the Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Championship, Peyton Royce versus Kyrie Sane versus Nikki Cross versus Ember Moon. Crown a new champion, obviously Asuka vacating the championship when she got hurt after takeover Brooklyn. Uh, before moving up to the main roster, uh, Kyrie Sane had a new entrance theme. It's cool, it's piratey, it fits. Uh, but ultimately, Ember Moon finally wins the big one, wins the NXT Women's Championship, hitting a double eclipse basically to Nikki Cross and Peyton Royce for the win. She ultimately pins Nikki Cross. Uh, really great match, all four women looked great, and ultimately, Asuka was there to present the title to Ember Moon. She looked, no pun intended, over the moon to be presenting her the title. And yeah, great moment for Ember Moon. I didn't call that when I said Nikki Cross was going to 
pick up the win here. And so I don't I said Kyrie Sane was going to pick up the win here. Doesn't matter if it was wrong either way. Uh, so that was my first incorrect prediction. I'd called uh, no, uh, yes, I'd called Sullivan beating No No, and I'd called Blackbird beating Graham. So this is my first incorrect prediction, if I'm not mistaken. And on to my next incorrect prediction, but I don't think anyone called this. Uh, this was Andrade Cien Almas versus Drew McIntyre for the NXT Championship. Another really great match here. Uh, ultimately, Andrade Almas picked up the win with the Hammerlock DDT off the top rope onto Drew to pick up the win and the NXT Championship. This was a complete surprise. Uh, Drew had only just won the title at the previous takeover in Brooklyn. Had defended it what once. Went to Bobby get a rematch and then he defended it against Roddy as well. Or did he only defend it against Roddy? I can't remember. He's only had it the most two defences and generally take NXT tends to have slightly lengthier title runs but maybe Drew's on the fast track domain though also that could be up in there because he apparently at some point over the weekend uh, injured his arm. I don't know the severity of it, I haven't heard yet. Uh, but potentially could be out for a while but again if he's out for a while they might just once he's healed up just put him straight on the main I mean he's ready to go doesn't need the same adjustment period that some of the other bigger names that come in from the indies do because he's been there before obviously so that all remains to be seen but the takeaway here is that Andrade Cien Almas has won the NXT Championship which is fantastic Andrade Almas is great especially since turning heel and definitely since the addition of Zelina Vega to the whole Andrade package. So really looking forward to see what he does as NXT champion. Don't know who would be next in line to challenge him though. Don't know sort of what big singles baby faces there are about in NXT right now. I mean you can always sort of throw in Cassie Sono. I know he just lost to Lars Sullivan here, but he's sort of a perennial sort of changer or challenger even to the title. So someone that got maybe for his first defence. But that remains to be seen. Uh, brings us on to the main event, uh, which was, of course, uh, the War Games match itself, pitting Sanity versus the Undisputed Era versus the Offers of Pain and Roderick Strong. Uh, so, we start with a member of each team in the double ring, sort of at the cage. So, Eric Young started for Sanity, Adam Cole started for the Undisputed Era, and Roderick Strong, who came out in the full Offers of Pain gear, started for that team. Uh, so they just brawl about for a bit. Uh, the rules were explained at the start. It was all very complicated, but basically the match doesn't officially begin until everybody's in the ring. So everything before this is considered, I guess, just preamble. You can't win the match during these moments. But uh, so there's some fun stuff between those three. And then Fish and O'Reilly come in. They're the first team in. They just start laying waste to everyone along with Adam Cole, obviously. Then the Office of Pain come in. They sort of even the odds. Finally, Sanity are the last team to come in, and the match begins proper. Uh, Alexander Wolfe is immediately in the ring. He has a nightstick. He starts laying people out with a nightstick. Meanwhile, Killian Dane is still outside the cage. He's grabbing weapons from under the ring. He's throwing them in. He grabs a chain. He chains the door closed and swallows the key because he's a mad bastard. Uh, after that, it was just utter chaos. There were big double towers of doom. There was a massive top rope German suplex from the nice table that busted Alexander Wolfe open. Uh, Eric Young got a bloodied nose at some point. It was just utter nightmarish chaos. It was a car crash in the best possible sense. Adam Cole took a massive suplex off the top of the cage from Roderick Strong. 
like everybody looked great here. I mean, uh, I think Jr. said it as well. I would agree with him that probably Killian Dane was the standout. He had coast to coast on I think it was Kyle O'Reilly through a trash can, which was amazing to watch. I've seen him do it before on the Indies, but I, I, I think it's a smaller ring, and I think it was ICW specifically. I think they have a slightly smaller ring, so I didn't know if we would ever actually see the big man hit the coast to coast in WWE, but he did, and it was amazing. Ultimately, though, uh, Adam Cole picked up the win for the Undisputed Era. Uh, hit Eric Young with the Shining Wizard, with, with Eric Young sort of held up a chair in defence. Ultimately, Adam Cole used that against him, so he sort of hit the chair, which then hit Eric Young for the win. Undisputed Era picked up the win here. I called that, so ultimately, I was three out of five for predictions. And as I said, overall, great show. I would say I preferred this to Survivor Series. Survivor Series was good, but this was spectacular start to finish. And yeah, great match, great sort of uh, takeover debut for the Undisputed Era. And big things obviously ahead for them. I would say at some point they will hold all the NXT gold and then continue to dominate once they move up to the main roster. So that'll be fun. After that, it was Survivor Series, and starting with a kickoff show, which actually had three matches. Uh, only one was announced, so I only had predictions for one of those. But we'll start with the first match, which was Elias versus Matt Hardy. Oh, no, it was only. No, it was. It was three. Never mind. Uh, so Elias picked up the win here with the drift away. It was a decent enough match. Next up in the pre show, and this was the one that was announced, was Kalisto versus Enzo Amore. Again, uh, Enzo retained here with the Jodonzo. It was a basically clean win. I don't think he did too much cheating or anything like that. So I would say this is the end of Kalisto as challenger to Enzo's Cruiserweight Championship for now anyway. Uh, again, I called that one. But again, I don't think anyone thought Kalisto was going to pick up the title here. Um, finally, on the pre-show, we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Breezango. Uh, before the match, we got a promo from Owens and Sami. They're still not happy about being left off Team SmackDown and having to face Breezango. Ultimately, they picked up the win with Kevin Owens hitting a pop-up powerbomb to Fandango. Uh, we move on to the main card where we see the reveal that it is a five-man commentary team for this. So we had uh, Michael Cole and Booker T from Raw, Byron Saxon and Tom Phelps from SmackDown, with Corey Graves in the middle as he is on both shows. Uh, on the point of that, it wasn't as terrible as you'd expect from a five-man commentary team, mainly because Tom Phillips just sort of kept his mouth shut for the most part. Uh, Booker T just sort of, it was mainly just Booker T, Cole and Corey with Byron occasionally chiming in when Finn got too anti-Smackdown because obviously Booker and Cole are from Raw and Corey's supposed to be sort of playing it down the middle but it wasn't as dire as you'd expect it was fine uh, so we start the night with The Shield versus The New Day, uh, great match here to start the show uh, probably one of the stronger matches on the card uh, ultimately, Shield picked up the win here with the triple power bomb from the top rope to Kofi Kingston, so that put Raw up one to nothing. Uh, really good match, as I said. Uh, I mean, it's just a sort of almost something of a dream match, really. I mean, they both sort of showed up. Well, Shield showed up in twenty twelve. New Day were maybe a year or two after, and they've both sort of been the top sort of three man groups in that time period. There hasn't been a lot of them, mind, but yeah. So it was really fun to see, and a great match to start the show. We move on to the first of the two traditional Survivor Series team matches. Uh, this is the women's team match. So we had Team SmackDown, Becky Lynch, Tamina, Carmella, Naomi and Natalia, who was announced, I think, the day before as replacing Charlotte after losing the Women's Championship to Charlotte, uh, versus Team Raw, which was, of course, Alicia Fox, Asuka, Nia Jax, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. 
really good match this, really fun. The Survivor Series matches always tend to be, and yeah, it was good stuff. So the first uh, elimination came via Bailey rolling up Becky Lynch. She sort of made like a tag that Becky hadn't noticed and took advantage of that to roll her up quickly and put her away. Bailey was then eliminated by Tamina off a big splash from the top rope. Nia Jax was then eliminated by count out. Uh, her and Nia Jax had sort of squared off. They sort of upped Nia, uh, Tamina's power levels to sort of make her on par with Nia Jax. They brawled about for a bit, ended up outside the ring. Uh, the count sort of get quite gets quite high. Tamina hits uh, crossbody off the steps, which sort of keeps Nia Jax locked down long enough just to miss the count, so she gets eliminated by a count out. Doesn't look too bad for her. Uh, next up is Alicia Fox is eliminated by Naomi. Naomi then gets eliminated. She taps out to the bank statement by Sasha Banks. Carmella then gets eliminated. She gets pinned after a kick by Asuka. Sasha Banks then gets eliminated off of a sharpshooter by Natalia. Tamina then gets eliminated by an Asuka armbar. And finally, Natalia is eliminated by Asuka. She taps the Asuka lock. Raw wins. Asuka is the sole survivor. She put away three of the competitors and puts Raw up to, to nothing. First of the champion versus champion matches, we have Baron Corbin versus The Win or versus the Miz. A decent enough match here, about as good as you would expect from Baron Corbin versus The Miz. Both men are very capable of what they do, but they tend to need sort of a, an excellent opponent to have a truly great match. But it was fine, it was serviceable, and Corbin picked up the win with the end of days to give SmackDown their first win, bringing it up to Raw 2, SmackDown 1. Next up in the Champion vs. Champions matches was The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro vs. The Usos, Tag Champion vs. Tag Champion. Uh, this was a great match as well, another really strong match, as you would expect from these two, probably two of the best teams in the WWE right now. And ultimately, Usos picked up the win with uh, one of the Usos, I can't remember which one, hitting a big splash to Sheamus, putting it up. Raw 2, SmackDown 2. Next up, also champion versus champion. This was the women's champion versus champion match. This was Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. Another really great match here. And ultimately, Alexa Bliss taps out to the figure eight, which puts SmackDown up 3 to 2. Uh, final champion versus champion match was Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, Universal Champion versus WWE Champion. Uh, this was a great match. It's probably the best Brock match since. The three-minute match with Goldberg at Mania was great for what it was, but uh, as far as a truly great Brock match, it's been a while since we've had one of those. The last couple of ones, uh, I mean, Field Four White Survivor at SummerSlam was great. I'll give you that. So maybe the best match since then. But yeah, this was outstanding. Uh, I think maybe just because of AJ was the WWE champion in this match, they couldn't have Brock sort of steamrolling the way he normally does because that would really devalue the WWE championship. So AJ got a really good show in here. I mean, Brock dominated the early stages of the match, but AJ was able to sort of weather that storm, come back. He sort of took like Brock's legs out, uh, had him in the calf crusher for a while, which Brock countered by just slamming AJ into the mat. Uh, really outstanding match here. Absolutely love this. Lesnar ultimately, of course, picked up the win with the F5, but certainly left knowing he'd been in a fight. He sort of was limping away because of the work AJ had done on his leg. And yeah, a great showing from AJ Styles as well. Which brings us to our main event, which was the men's traditional Survivor Series team match. We saw Team Raw, Kurt Angle, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman and Triple H versus Team SmackDown, which was Shane McMahon, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura and John Cena. Basically, if you weren't Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman or Triple H, you might as well have not been here. That includes John Cena. 
this was the story of this match was all about those three people or no four people yes Kurt Angle Braun Strowman Triple H and Shane well, literally the rest of Team Smackdown was just there because it was a team match so the first two eliminations come via Braun, Par Braun Strowman he power slams Shinsuke Nakamura he power slams Bobby Roode they're both gone in the early going of the match uh, John Cena then eliminates Samoa Joe almost immediately gets taken Cena himself gets taken out by an angle slam from Kurt Angle Finn Balor then gets eliminated by Randy Orton with an RKO Orton then gets eliminated by a bronze from a power slam uh, after that so it's down to yeah it's down basically to just Shane on Team Smackdown versus to Braun, Kurt and Triple H uh, Kurt sort of after there's a bit of jockeying between those three they're all tagging each other in they want to be the one to put away Shane basically ultimately Kurt Angle gets in he has Shane in the ankle lock has him in it for like five minutes it seems just Shane writhing in agony but every time refusing to tap eventually Triple H comes in for no reason seemingly pedigrees Kurt Angle puts Shane on top of him Kurt Angle's eliminated so then we'll have Shane McMahon and Triple H standing on one side of the ring sort of squaring off with Braun Strowman it seems but then double double cross uh, Triple H then pedigree Shane and pins him so Raw wins and none of it makes sense uh, Braun looks very confused Triple H sort of keeps raising his arm tries to sort of laugh it all off uh, Braun then sort of grabs Triple H by the throat, forces him into the corner, says if you ever try to double cross me again I forget exactly what he says but basically just warns him never to double cross him again he then goes to leave, Triple H tries to attack him from behind, goes for the pedigree, Braun counters that and hits him with a power slam and then at the behest of the crowd hits him with another power slam so yeah like, as I said it was it was of the, even of those four that I said that this match was really about, it was really the Triple H show it was about him as you tend to get with Triple H matches except for Wrestlemania where he seems to be a bit better about making other people look good this was about look how great Triple H is and look how tough and resilient Shane is and yeah potentially setting up a couple of feuds down the road for Triple H versus Kurt Angle and I guess Braun Strowman which is what we've been hearing, I've been hearing sort of in the rumours of the world of wrestling then we might get Triple H versus Kurt at the Rumble and then Braun Strowman versus Triple H at WrestleMania, which would be fun. But yeah, I like Finn, Joe, Bobby Roode, Orton, Shinsuke and Cena were all really non-factors in this. Like Cena basically just came in, eliminated Joe and then got eliminated himself and that was it. He was hardly in the match. There was some, some, some fun stuff early in the match with some fun stuff between Bobby Roode and Triple H some fun stuff with Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura but really the story of the match was Triple H, Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle and Shane uh, I mean even Sammy and Kevin at one point did a run in tried to take out Shane McMahon but he basically just ran them off of a chair they were complete non-factors it was a fun bit earlier in the match after Braun had eliminated Shinsuke and Bobby Roode where the rest of the remaining members of Team Smackdown as well as Shinsuke and Bobby came back out they all sort of suplexed Braun through a table so that took him out for a while but yeah it was a fun match it wasn't spectacular it was a bit too heavily focused on sort of the older part-time people could have been more of a showcase for Finn and Joe and Bobby and, or and Shinsuke I mean even Orton didn't look spectacular but it was fine Survivor Series itself really good show worth a watch if you haven't watched it yet but 
yeah, it's fine. Which brings us on to Monday Night Raw, which started with Stephanie Mann. She welcomes us to the A Show. She says that Kurt gets to keep his job. She then brings out her husband, Triple H. Uh, before they can say anything, Karanga comes out and tells Triple H that if he ever tags Kurt from behind again, that he will be coming for him. He says he's not speaking as the general manager. He's speaking as the wrestling machine, the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. Triple H then sort of threatens him. Stephanie McMahon says, but you are still the general manager. You still work for us, basically. Jason Jordan comes out. He says he wants a match with Triple H. Braun comes out, he gets in Triple H's face as well, and sort of basically walks Triple H out of the ring, sort of just keeps walking towards him, Triple H has to leave the ring. Uh, Stephanie McMahon says that if Jason Jordan wants a match tonight so badly, he can face Braun Strowman. First match of the night though is Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, really good match this, as you would expect from Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. Uh, Joe picked up the win here with the cocaine clutch, actually choking Finn out. Make of that what you will. After that we get a backstage segment with uh, Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan actually wants out of the Braun Strowman match, says he's not actually 100%, that he's still hurt. Uh, Kurt says he doesn't think that's a good idea, it wouldn't look good if he, as general manager, sort of kept protecting his son getting him out of matches. Uh, Jordan sort of ultimately agrees with Kurt and sort of psychs himself up, says he is the man to, to beat Braun Strowman, which is hilarious. After that we get Asuka versus Dana Brooke. Asuka obviously picks up the win here with a big kick. After that we get Miz TV, uh, he sort of briefly congratulates but also brushes off Baron Corbin and before bringing out his guest Roman Reigns, uh, calls for Roman, Roman doesn't show up, calls for him again, still no sign of him and then the music hits but it's the Shield as a whole come out through the crowd. Uh, Miz says that the Shield still hasn't thanked him, he is the reason they got together and that they are ungrateful that he is the only champion in the ring and just sort of runs them down for a bit. Uh, she at 17 say that they're going to pick up the tag team championships again at some point very soon and that Roman he makes a challenge he wants the IC title challenges Miz uh, before anything can happen Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel sort of get in front of Miz say that if the Shield want to get the Miz they have to go through the Miz triage first they immediately go through the Miz triage but Miz manages to escape and Bo eats a Shield powerbomb for his troubles after that we've got a Braun Strowman interview, he's just basically a friend to murder Jason Jordan and we find out that The Miz versus Roman Reigns for the IC title is on for tonight. Up next we'll have uh, Sheamus versus Dean Ambrose, a uh, fun match this, Dean picks up the win with Dirty Deeds. After that we see Jason Jordan, he's sort of looking for advice from Matt Hardy about facing Braun Strowman and basically Matt just says you just have to accept that some nights it's not your night. Fair enough. After that we get an Alexa Bliss promo, she basically just sort of brushes off her loss to Charlotte. Uh, says she's still the goddess of Monday Night Raw. She gets interrupted by Mickey James, Bailey, Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox. They all want the title shot. Alexa says that none of them are worth her time and she goes to leave. She gets cut off by Kurt Angle who says that uh, tonight we'll have a fail for a match between the four women who came out there, Mickey, Bailey, Sasha and Alicia Fox, with the winner of that match getting a title shot. That match is immediately starting now. Uh, during the match we see Paige return, she comes up at the top of the ramp, she says she's back but she didn't come alone. Then from out of the crowd come Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville from NXT and they lay everyone out with Paige ultimately dropping Bailey with the rampage. After the break we see Alexa sort of backstage and she also gets jumped by the, the trio as well. After that we see the Braun Strowman versus Jason Jordan match. Uh, at some point Jordan pierced to hurt his leg. 
but before Braun can capitalise, Kane appears from nowhere. He attacks Braun Strowman for disqualification and rams his throat into a chair. Braun sort of then has trouble breathing, but walks to the back under his own strength. So we're clearly not done with Braun Strowman versus Kane. I don't know when the next draw pay-per-view is. I because Clash of Champions is Smackdown, so it might be Rumble, but that'll probably be a match there, or it'll just be one of the many stories within the Rumble match. After that, we have the Zo Train, Enzo Amore, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, Ari Davari, and Noam Dar. They come out for a wee promo in the rings. Uh, the Zo Train are all thankful for Enzo. Uh, they get interrupted by Rich Swan, Mustafa Ali, Akira Tozawa, and Cedric Alexander, and they basically just run them down and say they all want a title shot at some point. A brawl breaks out and then a match is made. It's a four on four match. So it's Nice Gulag, Devarian Dar versus Rich Swan, Mustafa Ali, Kirzawa, and Cedric Alexander. Ultimately, the face team picks up the win with Mustafa Ali hitting Noam Dar with the 054. After that, we see Renee Young. She's trying to get an update on Braun Strowman from Kurt Angle. Kurt says that Braun refused any treatment and left the building and that he now needs to go and check on his son. As I said, hurt his leg during the match against Braun at some point. Uh, as he's checking on Jason Jordan, the Miz comes in, he's trying to get out of his title match, Kurt tells him to go away and that his match is still on and he should get ready. After that we get Elias uh, has a song for, I believe they're still in Houston, but before he can really get started he gets interrupted by Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy just runs to the ring and they start brawling for a bit, but ultimately Elias makes the escape. Uh, which brings us to the main event, which was The Miz versus Roman Reigns for the Intercontinental title. Uh, really good match this. Uh, Reigns picked up the win here and his first Intercontinental Championship. I believe that makes him Grand Slam Champion now. Not in the original sense of it, because that included the European title, but that doesn't exist anymore. So if we count it as being IC and US title now. No, he's never been Tag Team Champion. No, no he was. Yes, because in the original version of The Shield it was Roman and Seth were the Tag Team. So yeah, he's a Grand Slam Champion of sorts. Uh, apparently Miz is being written off TV, he took a big shield powerbomb through a table I think after Raw went off the air to go and film the Marine 6 I'm told, uh, along with Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch and then presumably he'll probably be off for a while after that because he'll be having a child. So yeah, uh, Roman Reigns IC Champion, should be fun, should get some good matches out of that and then keeping it warm for Miz I would presume because Miz and the IC title just go together. Brings us to SmackDown Live. Uh, Shane is proud of the SmackDown roster and kind of underplayed the fact that they lost, considering how important he had made them winning sound. Like he said, that once we win, we'll be the show and all this. But yeah, recently kind of wrote off their loss because I guess they only lost like four to three, I suppose. Uh, so he's proud of everyone except for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who tried to cost him the men's match, and I guess ultimately they kind of did because he still lost. Uh, Sammy and Kevin come out and say that Shane should apologise, that he, they should have been in any one of those matches. They could have beat Brock, they could have beat The Shield, they could have beat the entire Raw men's team on their own, could have beat The Miz. Uh, Shane says he's not going to apologise, but he has two words for them. Uh, Sammy cuts him off, says they can't fire them, they're future Hall of Famers, they're the best two guys SmackDown has. Uh, Shane ignores him, he's about to fire them anyway, he gets cut off by Daniel Bryan. Bryan says that instead of firing him, he has a temporary solution, and that tonight, if Sammy and Kevin are so certain they could beat anyone on the roster, they're going to face the New Day in a lumberjack match. So that's our main event for tonight's set. Uh, first match of the night though is Shelton Benjamin versus Jay, Jay Uso. Uh, really good match this, uh, Shelton Benjamin picked up the win with the pay dirt. 
So still establishing Gable and Benjamin as the next challengers for the Usos. We'll probably get that match at Night of or Clash of Champions. I keep saying Night of Champions, that's the old name. After that we see uh, Sammy and Kevin backstage. They're sort of trying to make friends amongst the Lumberjacks, uh, Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode, but they both sort of tell them to go away and leave them alone. After that we see Naomi. She gets attacked by Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. They then take out Becky Lynch as well. Very similar to the Raw thing with Paige, Sonya Deville and Liv Morgan. Or no, Mandy Rose even. Liv Morgan was on SmackDown. Right down to the sort of looks and general packaging of the women involved. It was quite weird that how similar it was. I mean, Corey Graves sort of mentioned it later on. Sort of mentioned what happened on Raw, so maybe it'll all be revealed to be connected. But for now, it seems to be two separate things that just happen to be very similar. After that, we get uh, Shane and Daniel Bryan backstage. Shane sort of has said it, like, having had some time to cool down, he agrees with Brian, Daniel Bryan's decision and that he's going to go and watch Sammy and Kevin get beat up from the comfort of his hotel. After that, we get the Hype Bros versus the re-debuting Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers win with like a double powerbomb type thing in a quick squash. After that, we get an Italian interview. She's sort of asked about changes in the women's division. She says the only change that matters is the title change and that she's going to knock Charlotte off her perch. After that, we get an AJ Styles promo. He says that Brock is every bit the beast that everyone thought he was and that there's no trophies in WWE for second place. He says, and then he sort of throws out an open challenge to Jinder for the WWE Championship right here, right now, tonight. Uh, Jinder appears on the Titantron, says he fights when he wants and he will fight somewhere more deserving than Texas. Clash of Champions. Uh, the same brothers then jump AJ, but obviously AJ fights them off and hits the Styles Clash on one of them. Uh, not a great look for Jinder here, makes him look a bit thick. You have AJ Styles just two nights removed from a very brutal, grueling match with Brock Lesnar, offering you a title match, and you refuse to take it. I mean, if he'd even sort of tried to play it off as, oh, I'm an honourable man, I'll give you time to heal or whatever, but he didn't even acknowledge that. He just sort of really hates Texas so much that he's going to throw away a potentially easy title win. Not As I said, not a, not a great look. Doesn't make Jinder look all that smart. Uh, after that, we see Sammy and Kevin backstage once again. This time they're trying to get Rusev and English on their side. They don't immediately reject them, but they also don't immediately say, yeah, we'll help you out during this match. After that, we get Charlotte versus Natalia. This is uh, Natalia's rematch for the Women's Championship. But uh, before the match can really get going, once again interrupted by Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan, and again they just lay waste to Natalia and Charlotte. After that, we get Daniel Bryan. He's asked about all the debuts of Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan, but he says no comment. Uh, Sammy and Kevin come in and tell Daniel Bryan that uh, firing them would be a mistake. Once again, just sort of trying to desperately keep their jobs. Which leads us to the main event, uh, Sammy and Kevin versus The New Day in the Lumberjack match. Uh, during the interview, we've, or during the entrances, we find out that AJ Styles will be facing both of the same brothers in a handicap match, and that with the Fashion Files return next week, and based on the graphic, it will be Saw-themed, so that'll be fun. Uh, match itself was good, uh, it was Biggie and Kofi in for The New Day, Xavier Woods came out dressed like a lumberjack, because he is wonderful. Ultimately, of course, The New Day pick up the win, and then um, Sammy and Kevin find out that they will not be fired, but that Kevin Owens will be facing Randy Orton next week. I would say this storyline will still eventually lead to Sammy and Kevin being fired and then moving to Raw, but they'll probably drag it out for a few weeks and give them a few of these sort of punishment beating type matches, 
just to get there, or maybe they'll make Cam, Sam and Kevin and Sammy quit. We'll have to see. On the 205 Live, which starts with a Zoe Train sort of Thanksgiving dinner backstage, he, uh, Enzo says that he's got all of the Zoe Train matches against the guys that beat them on Raw last night, and that it could potentially, if they impress Enzo, lead to them getting a title shot. Uh, he notices that uh, Drew Gulak's not there, and then the gobbledygooker the gobbledy shows up, because it's Thanksgiving, takes off the mask. It's not the gobbledygooker, it's the gobbledygulacker because Drew Gulak is a wonderful creature and whatever WWE are paying him is not enough. So he's up first, he has Akira Tozawa in a street fight. Uh, Gulak is properly prepared for this street fight, he's out in jeans, has his, tape, his fists taped with the words par and point written on them because he is, as I said, just brilliant. Uh, he says that he is Enzo Amore adjacent, so that means that if Enzo Amore is from the streets, so is Drew Gulak and he is going to clean up the streets and put an end to Akira Tozawa and his chance. And he's not afraid to roll up, nay, cut off his sleeves and get his hands dirty. And he has a special edition of his PowerPoint presentation, but before we can find out what that is, he gets interrupted by Akira Tozawa, and the street fight is on. Uh, really fun match this, uh, not the most brutal match you'll see this week in WWE, that would be the War Games match, but still lots of fun. Uh, ultimately Akira Tozawa picks up the win here with the top rope senton bomb, onto Gulak who's placed on a table inside a trash can for maximum impact. Really fun match to start off the show, it was great. After that we see a video package uh, hyping the upcoming debut of Hideo Itami on 205 Live. Uh, really hope that uh, Itami basically takes on the role that Neville kind of had in 205 Live as just sort of the conquering, murdering badass. Uh, hasn't really ever managed to find proper momentum in NXT, sort of a lot of injuries but also just sort of getting bypassed by sort of really big names debuting. So hopefully 205 Live gives him sort of the space to really find himself and get back to being the badass that anyone that saw him as Kenta in Noah knows he can be. So really looking forward to that and as I said hopefully this will be a big sort of thing for him. I imagine he'll be Cruiserweight Championship or Champion quite quickly. Uh, why don't we go back to the Zotrain sort of Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Tony Nese says he's not worried about Hideo Itami. Enzo says that he should be worried about staying on the Zotrain and he needs to win his match, which is against Mustafa Ali, and he's up next. Uh, Ali, Cedric Alexander, and Rich Swan come in and just sort of make fun of the Zoe train and then just walk away again, it was just, just because. Uh, which leads us to Mustafa Ali versus Tony Nese. Uh, another really good match this, as you'd expect from Tony Nese and Mustafa Ali. Ultimately, Tony Nese picks up the win with the running Nese. Uh, we then again cut back to the Zotrain backstage wherever they're having their Thanksgiving dinner thing. Amazingly no one ends up with their face in food, no food fight, just it's just there, which is bizarre for food in a WWE segment. Uh, Enzo Mori tells Noam Dar and the Barry that he is actually going to be ringside for their match with Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. Uh, we then see that the, the Gulacker is in timeout, he's back in his turkey suit. After that we get the main event, Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander versus Noam Dar and Ari Davari. Uh, really good match this, again all four guys are great, uh, Rich Swan picks up the win for his team hitting Noam Dar with the Phoenix Splash. After that uh, Enzo along with Noam Dar and Davari jump Swan and Alexander. Uh, Akira Tozawa and Staff Ali come out trying to make a save but they get cut off by Drew Gulak and Tony Nice. Nice is back in his jeans and shirt just. Uh, they lay them all out. Uh, Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander are sort of placed on top of each other, and Enzo hits like a big frog splash type thing. 
to close out the show. Move on to NXT, and of course it's a post-takeover NXT, which means it's basically just two matches taped before takeover, as well as recaps. Uh, the two matches we got were good though. We had first off Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville. Interestingly, so the commentary was obviously recorded after. Uh, the commentary brought up and showed clips of Sonya Deville's debut on Raw, but no mention was made of Ruby Riot's debut on SmackDown. I don't know why. Uh, really good match though. Uh, Ruby Riot picks up the win with the Pele kick. And then main event of the night was Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne for the UK Championship. That match was great, as you would expect, because Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano are great. Uh, I believe he picked uh, pick up the win with the better end, as you would expect. Uh, so that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, uh, please, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. If you're on SoundCloud, like and share there as well. Uh, so once again, for Bell to Bell, I've been Gareth, you've been you. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all next week.